I was thinking yeah. I was thinking about it um, today, and I was like, we've been talking about doing this for a really long time. And it was kind of like completely unsure that we were ever going to get around to doing it. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Are you sharing your screen? Uh, no. Do you need me to? No, you're fine. You're good. Okay. I yeah, mean, I, I will. What? I will for the clips. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you will for the clips. So yeah, no, that's good. I don't need you to. Um, uh, but yeah, man. I know. Like we've been talking about it for a while, and then two, it just takes some planning. You know, lots of planning. Yeah. Um, Money and planning. Yeah. 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 Um. So for those of you listening, this is episode one of the Underground Podcast. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> Joseph's drinking a beer. Um, I don't yes, know. Christians watching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. All right, we're already in the hole. Yeah, Taylor's um, already embarrassed. Uh, uh okay. Um, so I guess. Do we want to start Just over it with uh, my water bottle? Um, so, Joseph, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and just say a few words, and then I'll introduce myself and talk about. Uh, I'll bumble my way through what this podcast is planning to be, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, I'm Joseph Nations. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm Joseph, and uh, yeah, I think just with. Everything that's been going on for a long period of time for me since started getting into politics in 2008, but really intensively more so in 2010. And just since from there to 2016, it wasn't necessarily my primary focus. And then in 2016 with everything, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, primary focus, it was important to me. And I spent a lot of time learning uh what's going on domestically and foreign and so in 2016 you know you have like 2015 2016 you have trump and i think just because everyone around me not necessarily you but everyone else that uh we went to church with that were friends that were in our community started really getting invested just because of the narrative around Trump. And, you know, he's this big, bad orange man that we've heard time and time again. Yeah. And so I really just, especially this past year, I was like, guys, like it's been bad for a long time. If you think Trump is bad, man, wait till you research Obama and George Bush. Like they're terrible. Wait till you do some research on the Biden and Dick Cheney and Bill Clinton and yada, yada, yada. Bush. So, did you mention Bush? George Bush. Good old Bush. Yeah, I did. Good old Bush and that uh, thing that was going around Instagram about how he was such a good person after saying something about uh, the, the Capitol incident. <laughs> you know, speaking off cuff right now, <laughs> I, I think that Bush is definitely like if you did an IQ test right now of Bush and Biden, Bush is definitely smarter, right? He's coherent. You know, he can put together complete sentences and not make up words, fumble yeah. words. You know, all that good stuff. But Bush, to me, is how Joe Biden is a prop right now, that's how it felt Bush was for Dick Cheney. It kind of seemed like Dick Cheney was really the one running things behind the scenes, like Kamala Harris is right now. Kamala yeah. Harris is the actual president, not Joe Biden. Isn't she running 
or she, isn't she like taking world leaders calls? I feel like I remember reading something yeah, about that is. this week. From uh, anyway, uh, Justin, what's his name? Prime Minister uh, oh, Trudeau, Castro's kid. Trudeau, that's it. Always, <laughs> yeah, Castro's kids, kid. And then uh, the, the France failure as Prime Minister Macron, <laughs> Macron, Macron, whatever his name Macron. Is. Um, yeah. awesome. Uh, well, I'm David. Uh, this uh, fun fact: this actually isn't the first podcast that uh, Joseph and I have attempted to do. Uh, I don't even no, know if fine. he, yeah, if if I'm sure he remembers. Uh, we tried to to do one a while back. This is like my hang on. Technically, this is my fourth attempt at making a podcast. Um, so we're hoping this one lasts longer. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, because we're going to keep pushing it. You yeah, know, I mean, you no matter what. So you learn from past mistakes, um, and l- to some degree, on my end, like lack of dedication to what I was doing, or just kind of burning out. Uh, that's that's more of what it is. It, most of it was because of me, not because of uh, like the content or anything else that was going on. And uh, you know, it's like y- you do things over and over again, and you fail a bunch, and eventually, you know, you kind of like fail in the right direction so uh hopefully that's the case with this um i don't know what else do i need to talk about politics um i guess uh, joseph and my story are pretty similar i mean like politics has always sort of been a part of my life just because of needing to like prove it used to be like family wrong uh like i've always kind of been the uh not the black sheep. That's not the right. That's probably not the right term. But I, I've always been a bit of a contrarian. Not on on purpose. It's just kind of a personality trait. <laughs> and I used to I used to wonder about that. I was like, why do I always feel like when people tell me things and they they tell me them in a way where it's like absolutely the truth, I'm always sort of like, but is it? Um, questioning it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of being a skeptic, I guess, in that sense. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm what is usually referred to as a uh, little L, like a, a lowercase L libertarian, uh, because in general, I don't really associate with the party, especially after the past two elections. It's yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, maybe we'll get Fantastic in. Fantastic candidates. I, 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 th- I think in an episode at some point we should get into what the Mises Caucus is doing and what Dave Smith is trying to do with that. And um, he's actually he's trying to get Hotep Jesus on board. Like I just listened oh, to. Yeah, and so he he uh, he's been talking to him and uh, trying to get the whole Hotep movement on board with the Mises Caucus. Uh, and I know a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so go look it up if you're interested. Otherwise, we'll we'll eventually talk about it. I think because it's some interesting stuff and um, potentially could give. Uh, new energy to uh, that party and kind of what they see as their role in the political space. Um, How many minutes are we into this? Uh, seven. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to keep up. Um, oh man, other than that, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm an anarcho capitalist, uh, not a, uh, it's funny, like people think about like anarchy in the uh, throwing Molotovs at buildings point, but in reality, essentially what it is is uh, 
lack of someone ruling over your life. It's like literally what the term yeah. uh, comes out to, uh, which is something I, I like kind of knew, um, but it heard the actual definition recently. And it's it's funny the way that people uh, co-op words and make them out to be something that they're not really. Um, so did you start out uh, Democrat or Republican or as neither? <laughs> and what influenced you to go, if you can give like a brief summary, summary what uh, influenced you to go ANCAP? libertarian <laughs> so i mean it's kind of a long story but i guess the the short or maybe of, you could say whom influence whom you. um oh man it, it's a bit of a long story i guess you would say i kind of grew up republican but it's in the same way that you kind of grow up just adopting the ideas of your like family and the people that are closest around yep. you and you're never you're never really thinking about it. it's just like oh yeah uh yeah we support bush and the military and freedom or whatever uh and then i got to college and i remember i was sitting out on uh the front lawn um at kennesaw state university and a girl came up to me and gave me a flyer and she was like hey the candidate for the libertarian party is going to be speaking on campus today uh and that was bob barr in 2008 so i get i'm sorry yeah, well, he's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, I have a picture with him. It's, I think it's still on my Facebook. Um, but, you know, he kind of sat down and he talked about why uh, the wars and, co well, really conflicts, I guess, going on in the Middle East were so bad. I'm sorry, is this Bob Barr? Is, is that the dude from Massachusetts? Because that's why I was saying, I'm sorry. No. A, I want to say maybe Massachusetts or New England. There's some liber hang on. Well, libertarian right. that he ran as a libertarian, but he definitely... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of lost track of him after maybe twenty or two thousand nine, really after the election, because that's what happens with most yeah. of these candidates: is that they they come up, they run, they lose, and then they disappear, and you never really hear from them again. Um, yep, it, it's kind of besides the point, really. Uh, it was more of kind of at least at the time the foundational ideas of the liber libertar libertarian. <laughs> the libertarian <laughs> party yeah what the uh the big l libertarian uh party stands for and uh i mean in a nutshell it's it's liberty it's uh this idea that as individuals we don't have the right to aggress against others um especially in this country right i mean we're talking uh, about right. about america uh i i would take that throughout the entire world but uh, you know, depending on who you are, um, you know, cultural differences make up uh, make up a, a, a big part of that. But we'll get into that later, obviously. Um, so it's, it started there. Uh, I kind of like Ron Paul was always kind of around, but I really got pretty cynical about politics really up until a couple months ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I always, again, I always considered myself a libertarian and a lot of that came down to, I just want to be left alone. So anytime, right. people, any conversation I would have politically with people, it was always like, yeah, that's great, but that's infringing upon me being left alone. Essentially. Like you're, you're trying to force me to do something that I don't want to do. Uh, and in general, I just don't, I don't see that as something that, as Americans, we should do right. Like, like Joseph doesn't have the right to come here and and endanger my life, uh, 
in any way. He would be aggressing mm -hmm. upon me. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other part that goes, not obviously not that Joseph would ever do that, but if he did intend on doing something like that or Maybe. someone was coming to my home to do something like that, uh, then I have the right to defend myself and uh, uh, use force if necessary. Um, and, you know, that that's really it. Uh, you know, uh, other than that, I, you know, we both are, we're both Christians. We both... Uh, we we met basically at church or through through a small group uh, in college, um, and you know we'll we'll talk about it more I'm sure in the future. But like, oh oh, you asked about how I kind of came into that whole ANCAP thing. Well, I started listening to this guy Eric July. Uh, shout out to him. Um, and there's some other things that kind of went into it too. But he was sort of like the thing that sent me down that path. Um, and the more I thought about it, and the more he talked about this idea of not aggressing upon people, allowing people to live their lives. And I kind of thought about it from a biblical perspective. It is the closest, it's hard to even call it a political. I mean, it is a political ideology because at the end of the day, politics really is about people. Um, right. But it was the closest thing that I could match up with my beliefs because in general, I don't think Democrats right. or Republicans uh, fall in line with that. The Republicans will say they do, but they don't. And then the Democrats will, uh, read Bible verses to you and see, go like, see, we know Christian, right? Like, so that's, that's kind of, uh, I, I really, how I landed there, um, read through anatomy of the state, which is kind of a, um, uh, it, it's sort of the handbook on, oh, I have it right here. Oh. Uh, it, it's basically kind of the handbook on why the government, need doesn't need to be in your life um and, that, and that's it i mean there's more to it and uh you know anatomy of the state is a place that I, that i would say to start if you're kind of interested like i think especially if after this last election you're kind of lost <laughs> like right. no, no matter where you come from because the liberal side isn't actually liberal generally um and the conservative yeah. side uh, the question I always ask any of our conservative friends is like, what have they conserved in, in your lifetime? Yeah, they ain't conservative. Yeah. They, they've, not. they've started unnecessary conflicts that have killed countless numbers of people. The war on drugs was a waste of time. Um, man, it, there, what else? War, so, war in general, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they, so they I, I yeah, think, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, uh, gonna, okay. I was going to say they so, care about the poor, they say they care about the poor. They don't really care about the poor. And they no. both parties essentially use uh, people uh, as a way of getting ahead in politics. So I wouldn't even say the poor. I think they don't care about anyone who's middle class and below. Um, sure. And so I would definitely say, like, just so everyone's aware, as David already mentioned, we're both Christians. And that's the perspective and the bias that we have. And then obviously... I don't, you know, bias or the worldview we have, just so you're aware of where we're coming from. Everyone has an, a, a source of truth that they're filtering everything through. And so it's always wise to rely on empirical truth and objective truth as that source instead of relative, which we'll get into more of that later. Sure. With a good old. Uh, prop Joe. Um, <laughs> oh, my camera moved. Um, it's going to, if you're watching the video and, version of this, it's going to do that. And so for me, I both 
okay, so my parents are divorced. My mom and my stepfather were both Republicans. My dad and my stepmother were more kind of like in the middle. And I would say that my stepmother was probably to the left of my dad somewhat. Uh, but my dad, not like a, a drastic difference, not like that far apart. Yeah. And so, but, and, and so they could go Republican or, or Democrat anytime. And they definitely have both gotten more, cons- I don't even know, conservative in the sense of exactly what you just said. They've realized more and more as the years have gone on. I just want you to leave me alone. Yeah. Like as long as you're not hurting, this is sum up their views just like this. And same thing with my stepfather and, my mother, if you can just leave me alone, I'm fine. As long as you're not hurting anyone. And so I think that for me in 2008, that was when Obama ran. So you probably beforehand, I was paying attention to stuff, but when Obama ran, I couldn't vote or anything like that. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I got this dude running, um, charismatic, really good talker, really smooth in the sense of intellectually, and with academia and he's saying all these great things like hey we won't change and all that good stuff uh and so the i finally started researching into things and you know because i kind of like you adopted my parents political beliefs and that's everybody for the most part generally speaking but then the more i started looking at things the more i realized oh hey the the establishment Republicans and the establishment Democrats. So those to be specific about what I mean, those who would be like the the establishment Republicans would be center, right? The establishment Democrats would be center left. They only care about that group and not anyone outside that group. So essentially middle class or whatnot. And, And the main focus of all of them is to continue continue this narrative of the vision so it's black white republican democrat it's you know so on and so forth based you know male female it's orient you know this orientation that orientation so on and so forth uh and so it's never really truly about bringing unity people think that oh when trump entered he was the cause of everything no oh man yeah not that (laughs) this is the part this is the part I gotta say. I am, I am not a Trump supporter. Any, but I will, will defend Trump a lot. And probably I more than me. Him, yeah, yeah. I respect him <laughs> more. That's because I respect him more than I respect Obama, and I respect Joe Biden, and I respect George Bush and Dick Cheney and all that crap. So not that's like saying. So that's like saying, would I rather clean up my dog crapping in one room or? like having explosive diarrhea in all of in the entirety of my house. Well, just one room. That's what Trump would be to me versus uh, everywhere else, which would be Joe Biden, all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, part of that, I mean, he only had four years to potentially screw something up rather than eight. Um, he, whether you like what he said or not, he did keep his promises to his base. Uh, even if they were yep. kind of like, Terrible. Yeah, ter- well, either terrible or, or kind of like uh, bad versions of his promises. So it's like they kind of got a wall 
but I'm not sure it ever got finished, even though I guess people argue that he did it in the quote unquote like correct places. It was never so say, his never bombastic no, interpretation of so what he was Trump, planning to do. Yeah, that's what it is. So Trump is very hyperbolic. Um, and so what I mean by that is Trump is, you know, said during 2015, we're going to build a wall. It's going to be a concrete wall. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be better than the Great Wall of China, all that stuff, whatever he said. <laughs> right. And in reality, then he goes and he talks to the DHS and they're like, oh, actually, we, we don't need it to be solid. We actually need it to be more of a of a fence like structure. So it's still a wall, but we need to be able to see through it. And so then he's like, oh, okay. And he changes that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. So I think they've built like 400 or 500 miles of the wall. Yeah. All, so, all, all that to be said, we're, we're not trying to, I, I don't want to say we're trying to be politically unbiased in the way that we look at things, but we are trying to look at them through the, the lens of reality, not looking at someone right. like Trump as a 40 chess player who, uh, planned on releasing a Kraken and, and stole money from the uh, uh, the the Pope in order to start a uh, underground cabal government uh, in America while Joe Biden is president. Like that, we're not on. We're not trying to do that, and we're not also not on yeah. the side of looking at uh, whatever the. It, it seems like it changes every day with uh, the Democrats, but also I guess in 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 context like not looking at, at trump as uh hit hitler and i think that was one thing that i that yeah. we we both wanted to do was like we're going to stay away from nazi references as much as possible like if we have to talk about them in a historical context based on something someone else said or uh something that another country happens to be doing currently uh in today's world we'll talk about it from that perspective but i i don't want to sit around and like call biden anything like that like right that, that's not what we're here to do what we're here to do is to right. kind of deconstruct uh work through things and yes give our opinions about things but not in a way that um i, I would say to some help everyone's kind of like culpable for themselves and the things that they say and the things that they believe and um everyone needs to be challenged on that kind of stuff i think that's one of the best things about living in this country is that um we can have those arguments and it's not going to lead to somebody going to jail yet. <laughs> um, so I think that's really it. I, I, you know, I want us to, to make sure we're getting into the, to the topics today. Um, right. So I guess the, and you and I, just to be clear, we don't have a dog in the fight in the sense of between yeah. Biden, Trump, uh, in, in that regard. Right. Um, it's just I, more so, I think Fleck of talks mentioned, that you know Trump is bad as far as what the, the the narrative you're seeing in the media and from Democrats Trump is bad but he's not that bad right and I think <laughs> yeah. that's where that's where I landed you know I, I was like you know what I think Tim Pool pointed out to me and when I was listening to him it you could say whatever you want to about Obama about George Bush about any politician right but a broken clock is is right twice a day sure but the constant narrative you were getting from in the media was trump is bad trump is bad trump is bad 24 7 and from democrats and and stuff like that and so i think that's what drove me you know when you had the same thing with or i guess you had the divide with george bush of you know this side of the media 
praising him, this side of the media hating him. And then with Obama, it was pretty, he was the darling of everyone. And so I think when you approach it from that sense, as you were saying, like being naturally skeptic, that's how I was. And it's, it's like you have the impeachment of Trump. And if the Democrats really wanted to impeach him, there were actual avenues to impeach him yeah. constitutionally yeah. that they could have taken that were actually legitimate and legal. But the reality is, is that had they done that, Obama would have had to been impeached. I mean, you would have gone down the line. Bush would have been impeached, so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. And it it's really just more so our guy wasn't in control. So, you know, yada, 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 this is what we're going to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and go ahead. What were you going to say? So our goal, at least for now, is to put together just interesting things that happen throughout the week. The plan is to record every Thursday and for the show to go out on Friday uh, and to have it on YouTube, but also have clips uh, because I know not everybody wants to listen to an entire podcast. Um, so I'll take some of the interesting stuff or whatever I, whenever I'm editing and scrubbing through everything to find uh, some of the best moments or stuff that I think is uh, good uh, to clip down into a size that we can also put out there if, uh, like I said, people don't right. want to watch the entire thing. Yeah. So with that, we're going to kind of get into our topics um, for hey, today. Yes. I'm going to need you at this part because I got to use your restroom, bro. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep people busy. He's back. Here he comes. All right. I'm back. All right. Um. So we're going to start uh, with this first topic. Uh, so I kind of want to like set this up based on, I guess, one of the bigger pop culture news stories that was going on this week. Um, I, I don't know if we mentioned, but like one of the things we want to do is we don't want everything that we talk about to be completely political. I think we kind of maybe made it sound as if that's the case, uh, but we really want to talk about culture. We want to talk about the stuff that... Uh, uh, moves culture in a direction that is not just based on one uh, one thought process. And this story actually has a lot to do with that. Um, now, again, we're not necessarily here to, to defend um, Gina, uh, Gina Car Carano. Is that right? Or is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, Carano. Right, Gina Carano. Um, who sort of I, I really led the way for in women in MMA, uh, no matter kind of how you feel about uh, yeah, her ability to, to, to fight at the time. Uh, she, she led the way. So she was a pioneer. Yeah, she's a pioneer. Uh, so recently she was in the news because she made, uh, well, she's been doing it for a little while, but she made a, a, a comment about how people are treating their, uh, their neighbors now and how, um, neighbors treated other neighbors in Germany, uh, was I think yeah. uh, right before the Weimar Republic, something something along those lines. It, it, it's kind of she was not saying, important. What she said was that uh, the Nazi Party first educated the German citizens to start hating their neighbors, aka the Jews. They started dehumanizing them yes. through education. That way, it led to more egregious things. And I think you hit the nail on the head when this isn't specifically a political podcast. It's a, we want to, it's cultural because the way you change politics, for example, is through the culture. Yes. The way you change the culture is through people and education. And so, um, and, and, and pushback in a lot of ways. I mean, like what we're really trying to do is counter 
culture. Anyway, so yep. she puts this tweet out, and for those of you that don't know, she was a character, I believe, by the name of Cara Dune on The Mandalorian, uh, which yep. is Star Wars. It's owned by Disney. Um, and she, and I'll say allegedly because it still seems to be somewhat uncertain uh, as to what was the real cause because there's a lot of reports out there that there were other things that she did, but it seems to all kind of come back to the way that she uh, acted on social media. And so the question kind of had to be asked, uh, was that a reason to fire her? Because everything she put, I think from uh, what I like to, to call anyone to the right of Bernie Sanders, um, generally looks at those things and it's like, okay, whether I disagree or not, nothing she's done is horrendous. She wasn't calling for anyone's death. She wasn't, you know. Um, so th all of that stuff happened uh, and she got uh, a deal with uh, one of Joseph's favorite people in the world, Ben Shapiro, uh, oh, to put a movie together. <laughs> to put a movie together. Love him. Uh, I, I think... To, to produce and then star in a movie um, through the Daily Wire's production company. Um, and I, really the topic that we're, we're kind of going to be talking about first is this idea about conservatives having no understanding of culture. Um, mm. So, Joseph, what do you think about that just in a nutshell? And we'll kind of get the conversation rolling. Well, I think to use today's topic... <laughs> Uh, of Ted Cruz going to Cancun. What an idiot. So you have that. That's one thing. Sure. And the sense of understanding culture is, for me, I'm personally like, I don't give a crap. He can go to Cancun. There's not much he you know could do. Could he probably organize some things? Yeah, but you know, he's not an electrical engineer and all this other stuff, right? But yeah, he could he could help. I get that. But that's what I mean is that conservatives i think the democrats too but really conservatives don't understand culture um and the photo op what were you weren't you mentioning what was it last week that we were talking about or the week before last of um i think it was ted cruz again <laughs> oh 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 right okay so yeah it's funny ted cruz is he's a punching bag for a lot of people but um sometimes he does to, sometimes they the republicans deserve it so um the dallas mavericks yep, stopped playing the national anthem before their games um and there's actually something i heard about that recently but i'll wait and reveal that in a minute because it it makes more sense after the fact so at some point i think last week um you know the only thing that i'm seeing from uh the the politician the the republican politicians is stuff about how the national anthem is no longer being played in the Mavericks game um yep and uh David Hogg <laughs> is making a pillow um to combat the my pillow guy right um they this is the stuff they're mad about and this is why I'm oh, man he named it good pillow and it's like had the chance to do uh what was it Hot pillow, hot yeah. hog, something like that. <laughs> Go ahead, <though. laughs> he, so this is the this is the thing is that they waste the, the the Republicans waste their time not only talking about stuff that in general does not matter. It, what I would consider it is uh, 
in in a sense is conservative virtue signaling where yep, you see, you see stuff like that happen on the left all the time so something like Gina Carino happens Carano sorry if I butcher her last name um where she uh she does something and she gets fired which in in and gets quote unquote canceled which is sort of a left virtue signal it's like see we're getting rid yep. of this this person because uh, we don't share the same value, so this is our action. It's the same thing that the Republicans do a lot of time. Now, obviously, um, uh, what? Who's the guy that owns the Mavericks? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Thank you. He, um, uh, he was like under fire from some of these uh, Republican uh, uh, representatives, the leaders. leaders. I don't want to call them leaders. Um, <laughs> you know they are. Yeah, and that all happened, and they're essentially trying to do the same thing to him. They're like, "How dare he not play the national anthem in in front of the crowd or whatever?" And the yep. the whole, no matter how you feel about what Mark Cuban did, despite the fact that they had been doing it all season allegedly, and no one said anything until last week, so it's it's one of those things that they're so disconnected from culture, they didn't even realize it was going on until what are they, like seven weeks into the season or something crazy like that so it's it's one yeah. of those yeah it's one of those things it's like what the heck and then on top of that and, and another reason why the uh, like conservatives and republicans in a lot of sense they lose the culture war is because they don't understand and I, and I actually pointed this out to somebody on twitter recently they don't understand that mark cuban got on reddit during the whole wall street bets thing and talked to these kids and people who feel as if they have no direction and that their only hope is through gaining money like gaining money through the stock market or trying to essentially like they're investing in themselves now because they don't feel as if anybody else besides themselves is going to be able to help them and then a right. multimillionaire comes along who owns a basketball team and he says hey i will sit with you guys and you can ask me questions and i'll answer them to the best of my ability that's major points for Mark Cuban in that situation. So yeah. when Republicans start going after him, uh, they don't understand that they've already lost the fight because a majority of the people, and, and this is kind of, in a way, it's kind of how I felt too, where I was like, you guys are attacking this guy who was trying to help these kids become better capitalists. I get that yep. you, it, there's still political differences, and yes, he's probably in bed uh, with... Uh, the, with a Chinese uh, national party and all these other things, but they don't like those people do not care about that, and a lot of them are, are are probably voters or they weren't voters. And if Mark Cuban gets into a position where he he can go back there, they're not going to be like, bro, I can't believe you didn't play the national anthem. And he's like, hey, vote for this person. They're going to be like, bro, you helped me out. You got it. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. But people people want to argue these things. They want to talk about how he's in bed with China. The problem is, is that you yep. can't have that conversation until you make connections with these people. Um, yes. Yep. What's? So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. Yeah, so <laughs> Rant I over. I think that it's, it's picking and choosing your battles, right? It's yeah. understanding the game. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with playing the game as long as you're doing it ethically and in truth right and so the conservatives don't understand when to pick and choose it's kind of like when about also state that guy was burning the flag or stomping all of the flag yeah, or whatnot, yeah, and some yeah. shit goes by and 
starts making a huge scene and then it blows up. I'm like, you know what? If you just walk over by, don't pay any mind, no one posts about it and all that, it doesn't become an issue. Yeah. And you're fine. And I understand, you know, people who served in our military and, you know, defended the flag and, and you know, fought for our rights and our freedoms. But that's exactly right. You fought for all of our rights and all of our freedoms, including the person who doesn't want to play the national anthem. Yep. And I support whether if it's the senators, representatives and all that stuff, everyday people to voice their opinions and, and hating the fact that Mark Cuban did that, but to try and cancel him over it or, yeah. you know, well, they try. They're this, just, like, is yeah. this what you, is this what you really want to, to fight on? It's, it's kind of like, how important is this issue versus the other issues going on right now. And why don't you spend your time and energy on the primary things going on? And this you can get, you know, down the road. And how, you know, how you affect this issue right here about the flag is through education, through teaching, not through just, I don't know, just it's pettiness so, to me because, hey, you know what? They have the freedom to, I think Mark Cuban should have the freedom of not playing the national anthem. You, yeah, that's just my opinion. I yeah. mean, it's not going to harm me. I don't have the national anthem <laughs> on my iTunes or on my <laughs> Apple Music right now. I'm not listening to it every day. I respect the national anthem when it plays, you know, all yeah, that good stuff. Stand piece, up, show my a, respect for yeah. those who are sacrificed. I understand the meaning and the symbolism behind that. But everyone has the freedom to stand for or to not. Kind of the same thing with Kaepernick. I thought Kaepernick was dumb. And all that stuff, I thought it was virtue signaling. I thought it was, uh, <clears throat> what are you actually doing? But you know what? This is right. Do it, you know, whenever you want to. I personally thought, okay, you could do it to, you know, when you score a touchdown or whatnot, like I guess freaking Tim <laughs> Tebow did. I don't know. But you know what? To Colin Kaepernick's yeah. credit, it brought attention to what he was trying to do. Yes, So exactly. obviously it worked. Yeah, and it's, that's the thing, like, you can have the, I mean, with Kaepernick, like you can have the conversation about like, well, do, is the NFL going to lose money over this, right? Because at the end of the day, for the NFL, that's the most important thing. But he did have a yeah. platform, and he used his platform at least. I I would say early on, he had the right intentions for that. But the second those Nike deals yep. started coming around, dude sold yep. out. And that's and, what I mean, right? And but again, I, early on, I supported him in in that regard. But as soon as those Nike deals started coming in i mean it completely turned yeah and, and we like, can okay what was your actual true motivations because it didn't seem genuine to me yeah. at that point at first i thought he was genuine but then i'm like oh yeah, yeah. no you're not being yeah genuine. it's like this guy's this oh man yeah it's complicated i don't want to get too too deep into it but that's yeah. that's just sort of the uh the direction well, you were talking but... about gina Carano. I was, but see, she's kind of just, she's like the, the starting point, because the same thing could be said about, man, this is probably towards the end of last year, um, AOC started swe- uh, streaming on Twitch, and all mm-hmm. of the Republicans lost their minds. I mean, they do anytime she does anything. Like, the girl takes a poo, and they all yeah. lose their minds. And I understand, and, and this is what it comes down to, right? It's like, they are so focused on thinking that they're the smartest people in the room, that they don't realize that it doesn't matter. It only matters if people are willing to engage you honestly. And yeah, if they're and, not... And how wise of AOC to use video games, right, as yeah. a method to reaching her constituents. Yeah. Like, give credit where credit is due. 
you know, that's one of the things that must be done. Understand and respect your opponent and what they're good at. And that's one of the things AOC is good at. She's she not even good at to where she was because she's, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not that, but reaching her constituents. Yeah, she's she great didn't at get it. get to where she was because she's an idiot. And this is my problem with people like, you know, people will say Trump's done dumb. When Obama was in office, you saw those, you know, bumper stickers and stuff like that. Like Obama's an idiot. I'm like, guys, they didn't get to where they were because they're idiots and they're not smart. Yeah. Obama and Trump are smarter in two different ways. Yeah. We won't have, we don't need to go into that, but there are two different ways that they're wise at. And both of them, specifically Trump, understands more so than the establishment. Republicans and the leadership there, the culture going on. Trump understands to an extent where to fight and where not to fight. He's really yeah. good at that and tapping into his base. I, I think he he definitely understood his base, but it was definitely more of a that's what he, he knew just enough to keep those people happy. Yep. And that what, okay, like no matter what you, no matter where you come from, what you think about uh, what happened with the the most recent election, uh, he lost. Even right. if you even if you think he shouldn't have or that it was misplaced, he still lost. He lost the game because he didn't understand. He, it, it, it's one of those things that's like, it goes back to the idea as like, what if conservatives conserved, right? Um, but all that to be yeah. said is like, you see AOC. Yeah playing games on twitch and everyone's going oh wow like a, a you know all these people who like her in particular and maybe even people who don't um there's a lot that could be gained for either other twitch streamers to play with her or whatever the case may be and instead and, and to be fair republicans have been doing this for years I've, I've pointed this out uh in videos before but it you know there's this like incident with mass effect where fox news was going crazy because there was like a sex scene with an alien in it and this was back yeah. in like 2007, um, but it's just like, bro, who cares? Like, why well, is this? Why is this your fight? And like, they they want to fight culture, right? And and politicians have been doing right. this for years. But so they I think keep what you've seen for a long time is this. So for a while, it was the dominant culture in America was this conservative culture. And now what we've seen is this more liberal culture, but you still have that old conservative. Yeah, I don't mean from like the 1960s. I mean, I don't know, maybe Mitch, Mitch McConnell's from the 1960s and Instagram. <laughs> but you have this old conservative guard in there that's still from that era of what? What is it? Don't dance, don't chew, and don't. <laughs> Don't oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yep, and that's exactly don't, what I, mean. I think it's don't smoke, now, don't smoke, don't chew, don't girl go with girls yeah. who do. And is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it is. So <laughs> stupid. Um, but and now culture is more liberal, and so you see just these idiotic things going on. I'm like guys, these are not the fights, and it's the same thing with Democrats right now. I think Democrats are also losing so far with being in power and everything the culture war with you know this trump impeachment and now trying to get uh not allow trump to be buried at when he passes 
at uh, Arlington Cemetery and all this stupid stuff while people can't afford their rent, they can't afford their bills, they they're going hungry. There's more pressing pressing issues, yeah. And it's like tackle those things, and those are the mistakes that the Republicans make is that they don't uh, they don't fight for the the right causes, and and I think a lot of times the terms are populist, and don't get me wrong. I'll, just because something's in the majority doesn't make it right. And just because something's in the minority doesn't make it right or wrong either. Right. But they don't do the populist ideas of either party. Democrats don't do it on the left and the Republicans don't do it on the right. It's all about the establishment is trying to hold on to their power as long as possible. Because I think they see like with our debt and, and, and that we're in right now, the, the downfall of America coming. And so they're trying to, just yeah. grasp every piece of power and money that they can. So here's the thing with all of that. Like, cause again, it's all, it's all great and good, but who owns Hollywood? Oh, you already know who do. Yeah. Who owns the music industry? The left, the left video games, like Twitch and you know, the left. Yeah. So every major institution in every industry, the left owns. Can you think of off the top of your head? One industry the left doesn't own? Pure flicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, man. It, it, well, in, industry, I mean, like the gun industry, right? But like if you're talking about entertainment, you're talking right. about like things that... Major I, I, institutions. Yeah, firearms is a culture, but... <laughs> academia you could use them uh, dude you could use you could use firearms as an example too of a culture that doesn't understand outreach as well it falls right in line right. because you look at someone like uh maj Torre or uh eric july or um uh even uh Coleon noir right like Coleon's a little bit right. different like he does i think he does get some sponsorships um, and, and companies work with him a little bit, but all three of these men are black, right? You would think that uh, the NRA or any of these gun manufacturers would want to get these guys who are avid uh, Second Amendment supporters involved because not only are they avid Second Amendment supporters, but, um, you know, Maj uh, is going around to uh, urban communities, if you will, in Philadelphia, and he's, not, and he's been going all over the, the country trying to teach... Uh, um, black men and women, why it's important for them to own firearms, right? The guy right. should be a poster child for these people, and he's not. Right. And, and he's not because, at least from what I'm, I'm aware of, um, he he's rough around the edges is probably the way that they would put it. Uh, it's literally the reason that he left the Big L Libertarian Party is because he he ran for Senate, and or not Senate, excuse me, he ran for a, a seat on city council in Philadelphia as a Libertarian, and uh got some support but because of the way that he talks uh a bunch of the libertarians uh backed away from him in the main the main party and so now he's, yeah, well, he's that's what they do yeah of course it's what all these politicians do like if you're not that cookie cutter wearing a, a suit and tie um type of person generally they don't want anything to do with you um you right. know eric july's kind of in a similar situation you know he grew he uh he grew up continue your thought for me i gotta yeah. go use the rest for me and i'm sorry <laughs> i'm gonna ban you from drinking any liquids on the podcast <laughs> yeah right um it's like three or four times a night 
I don't get much sleep because three or four times a night I'm waking up to go use the restroom. And I'm like, how? Like, I stopped drinking th- three hours before <laughs> I went to sleep. <laughs> um, True story. All that to be but said. Yeah, so- all that to be said, there's, there's all of these... I guess you would call them, whether it's Republican or conservative movements, that they just don't understand, like, real outreach. It's like if you don't uh, agree with them... <laughs> my god uh it's like if if you don't kind of fall in line with their uh like their ideology they really don't want anything to do with you um because so, it, it's like that that thing that ben shapiro does where he's like facts don't care about your feelings it's like well you're never gonna win anybody over if you just constantly tell people that like if you're well, if your whole just that look at look at case in point of the establishment republicans which are most Republicans that you see in the Senate and that you see in the House of Representatives, uh, not understanding the culture is Trump. And they don't, I say that to say they don't even understand the culture of their own base. So they definitely don't understand the culture of the entirety of America. And so Trump lost this election because it was the inside job of his party, the Republican Party, not fighting the stupid. Um, laws that the Democrats were either trying to get passed or trying to get repealed, for lack of a word right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and that goes back to that thing. It's like they're supposed to be conservatives. They're supposed to actually like stand up for... I, I, I thought sort of this idea of liberty, this idea of like you know protecting the Bill of Rights protecting human life, doing all these things. But I mean, my, my entire life, everything has kind of led to the opposite. And then, you know, it's one. I mean, take the Mark Cuban thing, for example, they could have easily been like, you know what? I think that Mark, I'm just going to, they could have been like, I think Mark Cuban's an idiot or whatever they want to say. Right. But I support his right to be an idiot or, or whatnot. Like it's his right for his own view. And that's the things they don't stand for the principles that they, claim to the republicans do nothing that's what they're known for it's doing nothing yeah the democrats are burning the entire house down and the uh, the republicans are like no don't do that they're like a yeah. passive father <laughs> that's not yeah. active that's not doing anything or to use the house, house example the republicans are like no don't do that let's just burn down the kitchen yeah yeah oh like just instead, just we'll give you this and- yeah yeah, uh, it's and like Trump was the yeah. first person. You see, the reason why Trump became well, so kinda. popular with yeah, well, I'm not sitting here saying he was a great fighter. That I'm not no, arguing well, that he, Trump is he, this great fighter, but he was the first person to attempt to fight. You sure, know what I mean? sure, but he he fell into the trap of the same thing where he goes, well, we don't want you to take away to like Second Amendment, but you can take the bump stocks. Yep. We can, we, yeah, and, and that socks. you can figure it out in court, like yeah. take the guns and then fight for it in court. Exactly. And, and instead of being like, no, they, well, you mean, can't have any Democrat, of it. So, yeah. And so I that's mean, the thing that's is what... they, they, people want to raise him up as this, this, uh, true, like, mm-hmm. uh, fighter of the, yeah, of like, you know, the, the, the amendments and all, you know, and in the fact, like, oh, he's, you know, fighting. Like the founding fathers' word, or whatever, whatever they're saying. Seventeen seventy-six. That gets brought up all the time. Um, but yeah, it's like when it came to the whole bump stock ban, he 
completely folded. And then if you go read yep. that um, that amendment or whatever whatever the document is, it talks about potentially reclassifying machine guns. And yep. it's it's something that's like, okay, y'all understand he didn't do anything for the Second Amendment, right? And then the argument with abortion or, uh, you know, e- economically, the the right at least used to believe in saying that they wanted to get rid of a lot of the national debt, and then Trump adds a, an enormous amount to it. And you're like, what is going on, right? And they're like, oh, he's a great businessman. It's like... That's, uh, a, that's yeah. a great example because he... What was it? He, I think the GDP grew by 40%, but the spending grew by 60%. Yeah. So I kept telling people that were huge Trump supporters around me. It's like, it's like if I got a $3,000 raise, but then I increased my monthly budget. Let's say I got a $3,000 monthly raise. If I increase my monthly budget to five thousand dollars, I'm not saving anything. I'm not doing anything. Well, I'm not getting out of debt. Right. I'm actually getting further in debt and doing worse. And that's exactly what happened under Trump. And- he was good for the economy. Don't get me wrong. He was in the sense of bringing money in. People were prospering. You know, prospering in the sense of uh, being able to get out of debt. Yada yada yada. But country as a whole was just going. I think. I think under. His four years, we went from twenty eight trillion to thirty three, or was it twenty six to thirty something trillion dollars in debt? We're sitting at around twenty eight right now. Now and we were at twenty in twenty seventeen ish. So, so my numbers off. Maybe it was twenty three yeah. to twenty eight then. And and that's the thing is like, you know, we'll get into it with with where Biden is headed, but. Again, it's it's looking at it but, in a realistic way. It's like, yes, there are certain things that I yep. can can appreciate that that he was trying to, for whatever his reasons were, uh, affect effectively get peace in the Middle East. Um, you're right; he did um, make people feel more confident about the economy. Um, but as mm-hmm. far as like the foundational stuff that that uh, yep. his party should believe in, he just didn't do any of that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And my whole view on Trump over Biden, like if you had to give me them two, was I can work with Trump, but you can't work with Biden or Kamala Harris. Like just throw her in there. Right. Well, they don't. It's, yeah. They they want to like completely rant, like bulldoze everything. They're they're looking right. to. I mean, that's that whole concept of like the build back better. Like they. And I think the problem <laughs> with Trump was that because he was so inexperienced. Uh, and this again goes back to not understanding the culture. This is where Trump messed up. He tried to unify the Republican Party, the establishment guard, with his base by putting in people who were establishment figures, and that was the wrong move. Had yep. Trump from day one like just support his base, put in people who were all about him, then I think he would have won, ran, won the election. And actually, it's called having a – Trump has, has a backbone, don't get me wrong, but it's called having a backbone, and that's what the – Well, when it benefits him. Culturally – yet benefits him. <laughs> and again, that's that's and the case that's for what all the of Republicans them. lack. I mean, look at Mitch McConnell. Look at yeah. Mitch McConnell being like a quitting Trump and they literally coming out and saying, Well, Trump's responsible civilly and, and yada yada yada. It's like, bro, right. You just pissed off everyone and gave no like nobody likes you now. Yeah. And it, and that's exactly the problem is 
Republicans do most Republicans do not have a spine. So let me I, let the me. The only two that come to mind are Trump and Ron DeSantis. Let me get and to Rand Paul and Thomas Massey. Okay, let me get to the main point behind this because I don't. You know, we've 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 kind of talked about that from yeah. that political space. For normal people, if you are, if you consider yourself anything other than a liberal, basically, and I would almost throw in like the well, Dave Rubin's basically a conservative at this point, but yeah. Dave Rubin from like a couple years ago, he's like supposedly classically liberal, whatever the case may be. Uh, anybody that kind of looks at what's going on, and they go, "This isn't right." Um, the way that people are treated, you see politics, you don't like the way things are headed, you don't like um, any of that stuff, and you want to see change happen, it has to start with culture. You have yep. to stop, you have, this, 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 um, calling people education. hypocrites, yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's education, but it's, it's one of those things that's like, sitting around calling people hypocrites trying to be the smartest person in the room trying to quote unquote own the libs or whoever you're trying to own at the time um <laughs> this camera's going crazy um you you have to stop doing that yeah whatever it doesn't, it doesn't persuade anyone to your side of the no argument. And because what you need to be doing is you need to be involved in culture whatever your your hobby is whatever that thing is that you love to spend time doing, whether that's video games, movies, um, sp doing sports on the side, whatever the case may be, find a community of people, even if it's only locally, even if you're not doing like videos or podcasting or whatever the case may be, find that realm of influence and work within those people and don't ramrod your political opinions down their throat. That's yeah. not that's not going to change anything for you. What you need to no. do is is show them that you're a normal person who enjoys these normal things and then you can slowly bring up these concepts and as you get to know people, whether you're super friendly with them or not, then you can change culture. The other thing you can do is start supporting people who do have these platforms, right? Go look in, if, if like you're a big 2A supporter, like a Second Amendment supporter, go support Maj Torre because mm -hmm. the he's he's doing something that the NRA won't do and a lot of these other companies are not doing. He's going into urban communities and he's getting in, in contact with uh, people who are generally poor, who live in rougher neighborhoods, uh, and he's trying to make a difference with that because at the end yep. of the day, crime, all of these things, they affect they affect the innocent people who generally are in lower income areas more than they do anybody else. And that that goes for gun control laws. Um, Maj Torre talks a lot about how gun control in and of itself is racist um, because it, it has uh, roots all the way back before the founding of the country. Um, there's so much uh, that you can do to... Uh, enact change in communities without everything having to do with politics and that is that's like what the Mises caucus is trying to do that's what all these groups of people are attempting to do it's why we started this podcast so yes we're yeah. going to talk about politics we're going to talk about all of these other things but what people who are who are listening to this have got to understand is that all of your conversations, if everything in you, if everything going on in your headspace is all about politics and either the people you hate in politics or the people you love in politics, you need to take a look in the mirror and you need to go, what needs to change? And in general, you have to change your point of view in a direction that is starting to affect changing culture, which will then go downstream to affect uh, politics. Because generally... Right. 
uh, at least in my opinion, the reason that the country has thir- almost $30 trillion worth of debt, we might as well call it that because this $1.9 trillion stimulus thing is going through and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Um, the reason that that is is because America has a debt problem in culture. Problem. Every From the bottom up. Exactly. Top down, I should say. Um, top down. And you think about it, for me personally, the way that this comes into play is like when I hear Eric July talk about video games, when I hear him talk about uh, comic books, when I listen to, when I found out his his he had a band, that's the stuff that endeared me to him more than him talking about politics. Because everyone gets yep. tired of people who talk about politics uh, at one point or another. Um, yep. Find those people, support those people, in, in, in whether that's your time, your talent, or your treasure – and move in that direction instead of constantly supporting people who literally hate you because of your opinions. You throw we throw money at Hollywood every year. I mean, obviously a little less now because of uh, the Rona, but yeah, we throw money at Hollywood all the time because of the of this, and they hate a lot of people for their opinions if you do not line up directly with them, and that brings it full circle to the Gina Carano thing. Yep. So yeah, no. I agree with you. I was yeah. going to take that add on to that and say I wouldn't just say Hollywood, but people don't realize these government institutions, oh, these uh, people, most of them, not all of them, but when I say not all of them, I mean extremely very few of them. Yeah. Uh, don't care about you. They'll leave you out to dry. And so it's important to the goal of our podcast isn't to say vote right vote left for libertarian it's to educate and get you to think okay what's actually going on and how can i change because every problem that we see in politics and that in our in our culture can be traced back to bad theology of god and once you have a bad understanding of god and his character that also affects your understanding it also affects how you love your neighbor just simply put it in a simple way and you know goes downstream from there and that's what we're seeing going on with all these different problems that we're having and the lack of you know you have on the on in america this over reliance on the government instead of personal responsibility and liberty which ends up giving you more freedom more control and bettering your life in the long run yeah um so let's 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 cap it there um because yep, we're we're about, about we're say. about an hour in and we only just finished the first topic uh, so <laughs> i right, think so i think what go we're gonna head to the next one so what i think we're gonna do i'm gonna just mention this quickly and then we'll move on to uh the the third one um I, let me uh actually pull up this i'm gonna do a screen share um so biden I can't remember if this was right before he took office or, oh, excuse me, um, or right after, uh, but he mm-hmm. mentioned that uh, he was going to do something very specific um, that he was definitely a, a jab at Trump. Um, so I'm going to play this clip, right. and then we're going to talk about what happened afterwards pretty quickly, and then we'll move on to, uh, to Ravi. All right. Uh, let me pull this up. Let me know when you're almost there. Yeah. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. Do to do. Share screen. Shoot, where is it? 
It disappeared on me. Hang on. No, probably not. Why is this not letting me share this? Oh, there it is. Uh, go live. Okay. Video's live. Are you watching? Nope. It hasn't popped up for me, too. I think you got to share your screen. Did it not? No, it did not. It says I am. Uh, uh, hang on. Let me see. Oh, there we go. I have to go full screen. I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, you're good. All right. Okay, go ahead. Ready? Yep. I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody, everybody is entitled to be treated with decency and <laughs> dignity. Okay, so that's the clip. And I have no idea what that last little that he said at the uh, the end right there. Um, it's just normal to speak for him. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that I brought that up, right, is because it was getting shared like all over social media at the time because everyone goes, see, Biden is going to be so much better about respecting people, right? Um, yep. And pretty soon after that, um, one of his aides, T.J. Uh, Ducklow, uh, got caught um, harassing and threatening a reporter. Um, now, there's a lot more information that goes to the story. You can go look it up. We're not going to spend time actually talking about the details of, uh, of what the guy did. It's out there. Um, but Biden didn't keep his promise, and he... Uh, put the dude on yeah he put the dude on i think paid leave for a week and then at the time that was it and obviously the story got around and yep. he didn't but it's just so funny to me that it's like listen i don't want to say i called it i think cuz everybody knew oops everybody knew it was coming right with him but i like we called it of course he's not going to keep his promises. Like that's like he no. can't he can't even keep a simple promise that's like if someone harasses or treats someone else in someone in my administration harasses or treats someone else poorly I'll fire them on the spot. And he didn't do it. So why would you expect him to do anything else that he promised? And we'll get into it more when we get to the town hall thing cuz some of the stuff that he said during that is hysterical. Um so David, <laughs> you're telling me that the guy who was disqualified, what was it, five times for plagiarizing and lying, lied again? Yeah, right. I am stunned. So, I mean, that's really it. Like, I just wanted to bring it up because people have been talking about it or had been talking about it, and it was like, it was like, okay, we'll see if he does it, right? If he actually right. hold, holds to his word on that. And oh, yeah. He didn't. Um, and then the, the TJ, I think, resigned. So that doesn't even count. Like, you can't even give him the win for that because even if in secret they were like, hey, look, you need to resign. What we were looking for was for Biden to fire him in person. Yep. A report that comes out that says... exactly what he said. Yeah. Biden has fired TJ 
for misconduct. And Biden apologizes and says, this is not what this administration is about. That's what you're looking for. And this is why we always talk, like, we will and we have talked about how it's all theater. Everything that they do is theater. They he, Biden gets up there and yep. he makes these big statements. That's a great word. Um, he says all these things and then nothing ever actually gets accomplished because either he is lost or he doesn't care and his administration doesn't yeah. care. You're just going to see theater from these people. You see all the time. That's what that sec that's what all these impeachment trials for Trump were. It's what um Ted Cruz did when he got up there in front of Jack Dor or he did the whole thing with Jack Dorsey and the rest yep. of the guys that own social media. This is what politicians do. They get up, they act, and then they high-five each other when it's all over. That's yep. all I got to say. They're puppets. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get to that bill you want to talk about. Okay, uh we're actually going to do that next week cuz that'll take a while and I want to get yeah. to this Robbie stuff. Yeah, no problem. So it's on you. Nice. So if you haven't heard, which I doubt, but if you haven't heard Robbie Zacharias, it's really uh, terrible. Who was he? Uh, to, Who was he? So Robbie Zacharias is, was, I should say, because he's dead now, was a Christian apologist, and he was really famous in American Christianity uh, just for his, the work that he did um, and being able to reach uh, intellectuals and your everyday person. And so he, from numerous years over the span of uh, decades, I want to say, uh, groomed women and then also not just groomed women but uh abused his position and his he abused his position and he used Christ as a means to exploit women and his the first report of this came out in 2017 I want to say and from Miss Thompson in Canada and it really didn't gain steam until Christianity Today reported on it. and Like recently, right? Yeah, recently, like last year. And he, what the Thompson's claim was that he engaged in inappropriate language with her. Hmm. And some emails and some text, emails or text came out. And he stated, like, if you come forward with this, I will kill myself. And so how RZIM's ministry responded was, oh, hey, Ravi's this upstanding moral guy. She's just trying to take advantage of him. They listened to him. That's the story he was telling. And they listened to him. Instead of just being like, hey, you know what? We're not going to fully believe either party. We're going to seriously investigate the claims and see what's there. That would have been a reasonable, appropriate response. You could have even came out and said, hey, you know what? We want to take. We respect Miss Mrs. Thompson and her under and, and what happened to her, and we want to seriously investigate that as well as for Robbie's rec reputation. We want to seriously uh, investigate this to um, protect him if this isn't true, right? A very neutral, wise way to go about it. Yeah, uh, because you know sometimes people do do that thing, right? They make up stuff, but. This was not one of those cases, and 
uh, they made themselves look very dumb because they just chose his side without any investigation. That's the that's the part that befuddles me. I know you may trust someone, but it it seems to me because you trust them, let's investigate this because if the person doesn't have anything to hide, then it's all for him. And so basically, what ended up happening is numerous. I mean, sexual assault, grooming, rape are are the things that he was accused of and that evidence was found. This is the thing, not just accused, but evidence was found from an independent law firm that investigated all the claims. And so basically what we're trying to get into is what's good what they say it is what's kind of <laughs> what the problems within um, this Christian celebrity culture. Yeah. What well, do you, what do you think, David? <laughs> I mean, like just in general. Yeah, just in general. I mean, the term is kind of an oxymoron, right? I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist because it clearly exists, right? Like, there's this yeah. this weird this weird culture of, and you see it a lot with like Christian music, mm-hmm. where it's like like Hillsong, for instance, right? Like they've become celebrities off the backs of Christianity in a lot of ways. And people look at them for influence and they look at them for all these things. And it, it, and a lot of the time, more often than not, the people that seem to find platforms throughout there, they end up hurting ministries more than helping. Um, And it's, it, uh, did you, were you the one that sent me the thing that was like, um, people prop up, uh, celebrities who become Christians or they prop up famous people who are Christians in order to try to like push the gospel more. Um, but then it it ends up kind of having the opposite effect a lot of the time. I feel like you were the one that sent that to me. Yeah. And I think. Oh, here it is. The problem within that that allows... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, others uh, defend their posture by pointing out that when celebrities with expensive... Or, excuse me, expansive platforms become Christian, it brings more attention to the Christian gospel, but reimagining uh, fame as an asset for Christian ministry is a far cry from the movement's origins, uh, highlighting the poor, weak, lonely, marginalized, and overlooked, uh, instead of wealthy, powerful, and attractive, and popular. Um, which yeah, I think that... you read the Bible, when does God ever do that? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, ever? And most of the time, if something becomes that, that person falls apart, right? Like, you could look at like King right. David, for example, and... In a way, he became sort of like a like a celebrity in that sense, and awful things ended up happening to him because of the choices he made. Because right. power has a very likely outcome of corrupting people when when they don't have anyone who's telling them no, when they don't have anyone that's sort of helping to balance that out. So, and that's the thing with Robbie is that no accountability, right? And he was a deviant man who used power money just like the world does and his position just like the world does and worse than that he used christ as a means to abuse those who are weaker and more vulnerable than him and i think what undergirds this is this is something that hits really close to home 
for me because I have women who are close to me. Yeah. I have men who are close to me who have been abused and and some who have been groomed and all that good stuff. And I, I'm sure there's plenty and, of people that we know that stuff like this has happened to them and they've never talked about it. And yep. and that tends to be the case. I don't even know. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like just as a side note, like if, if it's ever happened to you, find somebody you trust and talk to them about it. And if you don't trust yeah. anybody that's like on leadership in the church where it's happening to you, find a friend and talk to them about it. Um, right. And what makes this something that's more attention garnering is that within American Christianity, within our, let, let me take away from American Christianity, because that's kind of like the prosperity gospel stuff like that people think about. Sure. And in our bubble, it's like Ravi Zacharias, for the most part, believed in the primary doctrines of the Christian faith. And so he was this orthodox person. And so it was easy to call him out yeah. versus someone like Carl Lentz, who was more prosperity gospel centered. And yeah. so what allows us to go is you see these people who have these major pro what allows things like this to happen is you see men, women too, I'm sure, but men who have these uh, platforms that are huge and that reach a, a ton of people who seem wise and everything. Uh, you think, Oh, well, God must surely be blessing them and they must surely be close to God and you can respect them because someone who's this wise who say something like this and help me understand the Bible and the Lord in this way, surely um, they're walking close with the right. Lord because only someone who walks close to the Lord could do that. And that should be the and case, right? It should be. So but in this case, it wasn't right. In a lot of cases it, that, that tends to be it. And I, I, and we're not here to like, this is always such a touchy subject because I, I do feel like, the Christian bubble, a lot of the time, if if you go after anybody that's not like, like Ravi, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, the credibility is shot, right? I mean, it's right. It's on the level. The problem is what they do is they say, this is what they say. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But no, this you're is good. What they say, well, we all sin. David <laughs> sin. He was close to God. He had sex with Bathsheba, and and everything. Yeah, David repented. Sure. But what there were still mean? there were still yeah, but there were still punishments. Yeah, yeah. The consequences continued, but David didn't continue in the sin. He didn't continue. He didn't make a habit of right committing adultery, uh, right, or murdering, time 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 murdering again. people generally, <laughs> and, or murdering. Yeah, yeah, that too. It's not like he's like, oh man, like you know, well, I've only murdered one time this year. Last year it was three times. You know what I mean? Right. And what was it's, so? Here's the here's the question, and I know you know the answer to it. It's just you know for the sake of of people listening uh, yeah, what what stopped him from continuing forward in that physically he was called out yeah exactly so and i i think this is um okay so <laughs> i have this thing about like quote unquote call out culture and i, I we put the word culture right. behind everything now that, that's like yeah. if it's popular or it's gotten too far and become talked about too much we just put culture on the it's end of call it out culture. yeah it's call out culture for a lack of a better way of putting right. it because every oh yeah i call like you'll hear this in christian circles oh i called so and so out the other day for blah 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 and people wear it as like this badge of honor and i'm like yep you're not supposed to feel good about doing that you might be right. doing the correct thing but your attitude afterwards should not be going to brag to your bros about it yep 
in fact, you probably shouldn't be talking to anyone outside of the situation unless you're going to someone to ask about doing that because you're unsure if it's the right step to take. Um, right. And that's the thing. It, it, it People probably knew about the stuff that was going on with David, but again, it was mostly kept within his inner circle. And right. he is now, you know, he's getting called out and he repents from it and moves forward, right? And now he didn't, right. he didn't, um, he didn't lose his kingship, correct? But there were consequences. There were consequences in the form of the baby dying, and you you could even say right. generational consequences because of what happened with his sons trying to murder him, uh, right? Later on, so there and, and right. I mean, if you want to go in that direction, you can. But the, the point is, is that there are consequences for um, the things that you do, but. It's also on your brothers and sisters, whoever the case may be, to come to you and have that conversation and not be like, you're a sinner, like that whole deal. It's very much, it's like, hey, like, what's going on? Humility. Yeah. And that's, and, 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 um, Sam, Samuel, am I right? I'm having a brain fart about who called David out or who it was Nathan. Nathan, thank you. Yep. Nathan calls him out for lack of a better way. And he does it in a stern manner, but it's not in a manner that... It's it, out of love. Yeah. And David, again, being someone who was a man of God, responded correctly, which is also, I think, important to that to that situation. Yeah, um, and so that, yeah. that's the distinction, is when David was given the chance, he repented. And the consequences may have continued, but his adultery didn't continue. Yeah. And that's a different, that's different from a pattern of unrepentant sin concealed in your heart to the grave, which I don't know Robbie's like exactly when he stopped abusing women. I don't know his, you know, from that point, what his response was to the Lord. If there was repentance in the heart, only the Lord knows, only God knows that. And so, but you judge a tree by its fruit and man, it takes, this is the thing. It's not like he had a moment of sin where he just had sex with a woman, right? Yeah. Um, this was like continuous, like a lot of stuff. Yeah, right? continuous. <sighs> like, and not just that. We're talking about a, it's not like he just had continuous sex with a woman or different women and stuff like that. But now you're taking it up to a, another caliber of hardness of heart, of abuse. And so there's multiple layers there. Yeah. And I think the problem within one of the problems within our culture, within American Christianity culture, is that you have this easy believism that that cheapens grace that's like well i can continue in my sin jesus is going to forgive me i'm all good and you may not say it like that but you live that way yeah i I think that's without truly examining your heart and understanding that yeah and so well it's i think that's the counter uh, the intersectionality that's sort of the lens that a lot of people are looking through through and i don't want to go too deep into that this week um but that in in its way, like you can't help but listen to some of these pastors speak about the changes around either sexuality or um, yep. any a lot of these other subjects in the name of sort of this this uh, woke gospel, for lack of a better way of putting right. it. 
And you can't help well, look at, but ask him. Go ahead. Well, I'm saying he's like, you can't help but think, are you guys doing this be, out of some sort of like honest place? Or is it because there's sin going on in your lives that you're right. trying to essentially make okay for the majority of Christians and make yourself feel better about something that yep. you're doing. And I don't know. I, I, I can't necessarily... Yeah, that's why I don't want to... In this situation, I don't want to point anyone else out in particular because you right. don't know. We don't. We have no idea unless it's revealed about um, leaders in the church or these cr- Christian celebrities. Well, let me do that for you then. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think like you see... Like this grace-centered response when Mrs. Thompson came out to Ravi from, I'll say Orthodox Christians yeah. versus Carl Lentz when, and now maybe that's because, you know, there was evidence and stuff like, I don't know, versus Carl Lentz, who's more of a prosperity gospel teacher. Yeah. And just the freaking like load he took, which he rightly should have. He cheated on his wife and all that stuff. I'm not sitting here defending what Carl Lentz did, but what Ravi Zacharias is, did is there's way more victims involved. Right. And so, like, not just the victims themselves, but his family is also a victim. I mean, you gotta think. Oh, yeah. He yeah. concealed this from his freaking wife yep. for years. Like, physical relations. I remember him saying, uh... I don't understand men who uh, look at porn because you're not getting the real thing and you conceal that and stuff like that. And look at him. Yeah. Like you just see that hypocrisy coming forth. And so no sin will be left unturned. And I think people, you have the celebrity Christianity. And another one of the issues is this brand building and this idolization of pastors and teachers that you don't know, that you don't have any relationship with, and also that you put more stock in than your own local church and the pastors and the men and women there who actually care about you. So why do you—let me ask. Why do you think people have a tendency to— put more stock in celebrity Christians than they do their local church popularity. Okay. Um, do you I think, think it just goes back to that? When you look at Corinthians and you see Paul saying, who is Paul, who is Apollos, you know, right. the Corinthian church was doing it there too, making this, this person's wise and stuff like that. And so you see someone who has all these numbers, you know, thousands or millions of followers versus your local a pastor teacher who has, you know, 10, 15, 20 hundreds or whatnot. And it's like, well, this person's obvious wise or even, or this person who's famous <laughs> is obviously more wise than my local church. And when that's not the case. So do you think that this kind of in a weird way plays into like our first topic of, uh, people who don't understand culture yep. and maybe the local church, not understanding how they need to approach, um, their congregation, not in a like, oh, we need to be more like, uh, you know, inter name of popular pastor or church right. leader from somewhere else. And I don't, I don't mean that they're necessarily doing anything wrong in the in in from like a gospel perspective. But are they aware, I guess, of what goes on outside of their church walls enough to help lead their congregation? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah, I think. <clears throat> you know, me. I'm not I'm not commenting on the church I'm currently at. 
No, I'm not. I I'm just saying as a whole see with mega yeah. churches and other churches that I have seen. Mega churches and local churches can be guilty, but really, you see this with mega churches is that you know they don't understand the culture because the pastors, pastor and the elders aren't involved in the lives of the congregants. And I think yeah. too, it's also on the congregants as well. I'm not just sit, sitting here blaming the pastors and elders. It's also on the congregants to have the wisdom and discernment. Like if a pastor is involved in your life or an elder or whatnot. And I think for me, the American Christian church, mega churches. And, and when I say American Christian church, I'm not talking about Joel Osteen and stuff like that. Yeah. They're a part of American Christian church. I'm talking about within our bubble, the Orthodox Christian church there. They have this, you know, quote unquote, good theology. Right. But yet, how can you practically live out loving and shepherding your congregants just by giving a message on Sunday? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. That's it. Like, just yeah. that. You're not <laughs> that's the end of the tweet. Them. You're not able to, like... You know stuff like that. I think that's where you get the site churches and every, and all that bull crap. Um, yeah, um, it always does seem like something's kind of missing because when you have it's this yeah, thousand, like thousands of congregants, and then you get up and you preach on a Sunday morning, and then you know ten people that don't yeah that don't go there. It's fake. And, yeah, call for what it is. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah, I mean anybody realizes that you can't. You, I don't think uh, me personally. This is my opinion. Yeah. I don't think you can th authentically love a thousand people. Yeah, me either. I just think it's hard. I and, can't. And if you're going to do... I, and I say that in the sense of... I like lo I, I love people in the sense of being able to honor them, ha ha be able to love them as Christ has loved me. But I mean being invested in their lives and, and caring in that extent. And so... Um, well, yeah. I if think the, you hit the... Go ahead. I was going to say... Oh, shoot. What was that? I lost my train of thought. Do you remember what no, you were going to say? No, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, you hit the nail on the head of it's superficial Christianity. It's sure. easy to make money in superficial Christianity. You can be fake and successful. Yeah. Um, or just sort of like and, middle middle of the road, like status quo style stuff where maybe you're you kind of being authentic. primary doctrines, these good yeah. theology, yeah. but you're really charismatic. I, and I, I don't really want to, like, there's part of me that still sort of feels bad for like trashing churches, um, but I think that what the goal of this is is like a lot of these people. Yeah. It, it, oh, oh, okay. Let's put it this way because this is this is a way that I explained it to you uh, in the past. Um, it goes to the same idea of my me being a libertarian and understanding the importance of the individual, right? Right. Um. In the ch what has happened with a lot of churches is that they care less about the individual than they do the collective. Yep. Um, and it, and it's something that's like it's not that that's wrong. Uh, the difference in the situation with a church generally is that you choose to be a part of the collective. It is your choice as the individual to go to a church that you think is uh, right for you to join that congregation and uh, get behind that congregation with whatever they happen to be doing. Um, it's also yep. your choice to leave if if that seems to be the thing that you you feel is right for you to do. The problem comes when you enter into a, a, a church and the church is so 
like laser focused on the collective and what the collective of the church is doing that they forget that the people that are there are individuals who all have hurts, needs, passions, uh, talents, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time that stuff gets ignored and that's why you usually, and especially yep. in larger churches, mega churches, whatever you want to call them, that's why you have this big wide open door in the back of the church. And this is a metaphor uh, with people just walking out the door. And yep. I, I think you saw this the most um, and I guess we'll get into this just for a second, but you saw this the most during uh, 2020 with Rona. Um, yep. Th- there are so many churches that bent the knee to the government out of fear of multiple different things. And I'll, I'll maybe I'll give you like a slight bit of credit that there was a certain amount of time where this was unknown. But it became pretty clear after a while that what they were doing had nothing to do with anyone's safety. Um, yep. And churches still remained closed. Like people, churches have made it harder for people to go to church. They've made it harder for people to do something that was already hard enough for people to do on a Sunday as it is. And my camera's going in and out because I'm moving my hand back and forth. But <laughs> that that's it. Like that's that's it. That's that's kind of the case. And no one has has really proven me. Uh, really wrong in this you've seen very oh my gosh dude my camera tonight um you've seen very few churches who have um gone you know what in in a and i think the nicest way possible they've gone you know uh screw this we understand what you're saying but we are going to take the risk yeah and it's very few and i've been so disappointed to see that it's so few you know, and I, I don't know what the, I honestly don't know what the real case is. It could be money. Um, maybe they really believe it. I think it's it. money. I think it's following the culture and not. It's about you know, the collective. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. What, that's and, what it comes back to. And not wanting to get that criticism and, and two, just not doing research, just, you know, following either whether if it's ignorance or willfulness, um, following what the mainstream media says and just not you know could just be not just knowing and so i know we got i'm sorry i, I got a slightly off topic with the Ra, ravi thing um was there another I think yeah so the other thing i wanted to point out with the ravi situation is first off to the christians who are saying how does this hurt the gospel message it doesn't hurt Jesus. What hurts yourself is not loving the victims and the situation as Jesus would. That hurts you, not not God. Yeah. Secondly, I think you see this in a problem with a lot of Christian leadership is that people will they'll have this pattern of sin that comes out. In the case of Ravi, he was dead when it happened, so you know, right, wasn't anything to do in that regard. But maybe if they would have taken it serious, if they would have taken it serious in the first hand, there would have been. But you have these people who come out, whether if it's infidelity or whether if it's anger issues or drunkenness, uh, and they uh, be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna step down, whatnot," and then six months later, they're back preaching or in the and the preaching circuit or whatnot. And it's like, it's one thing 
if it's for me if there's it just seems it doesn't seem authentic doesn't seem real it just seems like oh these guys are really smart so let's prop them up and, and build them up and, and let them you know get the outreach you know so we can yeah. reach people for the gospel and it's like these guys had this pattern of sin and it's like six months later i'm not sitting here saying they, they may not have been genuine in their repentance but it's like six months is a short period of time to just put them right back in the same situation that made them fall in the first place. Yeah. They gave them that platform to fall in the first place. And it's like, you know, uh, it seems to me that the process would be a lot longer than it is shorter. So you can see the fruit of that repentance and that change in that person. You know, you see like, you know, I mentioned, let me mention someone like Mark Driscoll. It was like, yeah, this huge fallout of this like anger and all these problems that happened at Mar Hit Mars Hills. And it was, I believe I want to say six months later, I could be wrong on that, that he was preaching at a church yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, I remember and, that. And you know, not just him, but I could name other pastors. And it's like you contrast that to Artazerdia. And I believe he was out. I'm not putting a number like, hey, it has to be. You know, if it's six months, it's this or not. But if it's a pattern of sin that you have developed, it seems like it would be. I want to say. It seems wise that it would be a longer transition getting into that than a shorter transition. And you yeah. see Artazerdia, he was unfaithful to his wife, all that stuff. And for a long period of time or for a period of time longer than just six months, he didn't do write an article he didn't preach it was that you didn't hear anything from him yeah he for for i mean without knowing him outside looking in public it seemed like he was truly focused on his on his relationship with his fellowship with god and his fellowship with his wife his marriage and it wasn't about hopping back in as soon as possible and a lot of these other people mark driscoll so on and so forth it seems just an immediate jump in, okay, well, they said they were sorry, and like, yes, you should forgive them, but you shouldn't be naive and dumb either, nor should you, out of love for them, want to put them back in the same situation so fast to where it makes them susceptible to falling back into that. Yeah. In rant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good like, place. And that goes to, for myself, that, too. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, what else, it's like, what else, is there to say like these these churches yeah. i mean they they are ind independent entities at least they for the most part should be unless you're part of like a what is it methodist that is sort of completely connected and there's a few right. others but catholicism yeah your your church yeah and they yeah that's that's another <laughs> another thing in, entirely but like and it's not just a church that does this to speak on Ravi that does this type of abuse no it's what makes it Dude, worse it, is that it is a church it happens like it Oh, I was going to say, like, it happens in, like, gaming communities all the time. Like, the whole Gamergate thing was centered around wanting more transparency in, uh, like, games journalism, I think, in particular. Because there's just been... And this is... Dude, this has been happening... I'm trying to think... I think Gamergate was 2013. I might be wrong about the date on that. Um, But there's there's... The, this like string dude all the way up until I think the most recent thing that happened was last year um, with a company a, like a gaming kind of cent centric company yeah. where 
there was like sexual abuse and grooming and all yep. these things. Like this stuff is not just an issue in the church. It's an issue in Hollywood. It's, it's an issue in politics. It's an issue in finance. industries. Yeah. It's literally an issue Music everywhere. Industry everywhere. It's and that's it's again, it's carnal men and women. It's evil men and women using whatever means necessary to get what they truly want. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, man, that is like, man, uh, that is like, there's some like irony in the whole thing with Hollywood because there's been so many stories that have been written about stuff like that. Um, So many films that have been made um, about the, like the, the bad, like the consumerism in, uh, I would say humanity. It's not just necessarily an American thing. Obviously it's, easier when you have more money but it, it's something right. that happens all over the world um that exactly. it's that, that it is it's just like selfish nature um yep. are you good to end it there with that yeah, topic? i'm good to end it there all right let's get into the town hall um yeah. you know we're, we're going back let's to biden for this one this. um yeah it looks like we're only getting through about three subjects this week uh we will uh discuss this and figure out what we need to do to <laughs> um make it make it run a little smoother fish. yeah uh but it's fine we're doing great i mean it's episode one and i think things are going well so uh joseph do you want to talk a little bit just set it up um what the town hall was all about um yeah really it was just a bunch of bull crap uh, lying from Joe Biden as usual. That's pretty much what it was about. No, um, <laughs> I mean, so some, we'll talk about some of these clips. Uh, basically, what it boils down to is, uh, for those who don't know, have done the research, Joe Biden is compromised as uh, actually a lot of our politicians and institutions are, um, maybe unbeknownst to you, by... Uh, the CCP, the communist, the Chinese communist party, communist party. And so Biden gets asked in town hall, if he would consider the, uh, what the Chinese government is doing to the Uyghurs in, uh, China by, do you want to play that side? Do you want to play that one first? Yeah, go ahead. You play that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, let's play that. There's a lot of stuff from this that I want to talk about, yep. but we can play that one first. <clears throat> now, what are we at our time? Were you hour and a half in hour and 40? About, about 45 hour 45. Yep. Um, okay. It's fine. We'll keep going. Uh, da, 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 da. Hang on. I got to get the right clip now. You threw me no, for a fine. loop. You do that. And, and I'm going to grab me water. <laughs> um, where, did I put it? Okay, here we go. All right, everybody. <laughs> I hope this name shows up. That's hysterical. Um, It takes him forever to do things. I need to get some uh, some music every time he walks Doesn't. away. Doesn't I heard what you said? <laughs> that was pretty fast. All right, uh, I went live. Can you 
You let me know when you're yeah. ready. Yep, I'm ready. You're good? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this clip's about two minutes, so. Okay. By Mitt Romney, a fine guy. You just talked to China's president. Yes, I believe. for two hours. What about the, the Uyghurs? What about the human we, rights abuses? We must China? speak up for human rights. It's who we are. We can't, my, my comment to him was, and I know him well, and he knows me well. We're two-hour conversation. You talked about this to him. I talked about this too. And that's not so much refugee, but I talked about it. I said, look, you know, Chinese leaders, if you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. So the central, oh, to vastly overstated, the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of, of uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said, he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms at each country, and they, their leaders are expected to follow. But my point was that... Okay, we can stop it there. I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, I crack up every more what every time was, I listen to that. So, do you want to explain what's going on in China? Like, the context behind yes. what he was saying? Yep. So, this is going up on YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay, so I need to be careful with my words then. Uh, so what's going on in China is that the uh, a clip just came out recently of children being separated from their mothers and, and their fathers, their parents, and saying that China, rehearsing and saying that China is your mother, China is your mother. And also the Uyghurs, which is a Muslim minority in China, uh, they're being men are forcing themselves upon them and women uh, and men are also being sterilized and they're being re-educated and all sorts of other things. And they're, uh, they're forcing the, the Han, the Han uh, bloodline on these Uyghur women and, all sorts of horrific things, kind of like, or exactly like what was going on in Germany. Yeah, they're and in concentration so, camps. I think we can yeah. say that. I, I'm going to say it. I, I, at this point, this will be far enough into the <laughs> that we could say this. Yeah. It's not a funny. It's not a funny topic. It's just that. No. Okay. The previous administration was constantly referred to. Uh, as if they were the Nazi party. Yep. All the while, China is literally making these camps. Um, it's the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany is the same thing and, that's going on in China. Yeah, this is not... This exactly is not, the same thing. This isn't like but it's speculation. Worse. This isn't one of those things like... The BBC has done reports speaking to women who have been in these camps... Yep who have had horrible things done to them. And Joe Biden's response in all of this is, 
oh, it's cultural differences. What what does it have to do with us? Well, what makes it worse is that so these Confucius Institutes in America, uh, they're run by the CCP. Uh, so you have that. You have the entertainment industry. You have uh, Disney, Disney, ABC, ESPN, run by Disney, which, run by Disney, which are run by Disney. So, yeah, I'm just pointing that out because some know, people know, may I not know. know. Uh, it, and you know, you know, you have politicians on both sides of the aisle. Um, academia, like I just pointed out, all these different people r- run by the Communist China Party, uh, the the Chinese Communist Party. Sorry, and you. That's worse than what was to an extent of what was what Germany was doing. Not that you didn't have those four men, those fermented uh, parties going on elsewhere in Europe at the time, but you didn't have these large institutions, of entertainment and, and news media and stuff like that uh, ran by Hitler and the Nazi party. But what you have with Joe Biden is n- so to give a brief history lesson, never Neville Chamberlain was the prime minister of Great Britain during Hitler's rise. Uh, and he kept extending the line out and allowing Hitler to, and other European countries as well, build up his army and do these different takeover of these lands and do these different things before finally everything came to a head. So very passive. And that's the same exact thing you have going on with Joe Biden and other leaders. What was it? Justin Trudeau in Canada um, was training. His military was training. With the Chinese military. Uh, the Chinese military on winter drills. And yeah. That by defying that. And so, you know, you have all this going on. And what it reminds me of is people just think, like, yeah, the next logical step is a hot war with, you know, yeah. physical violence and all that stuff with with china but people think that's the only way that china could win and they don't realize that there's more than one way to enact war and one of those ways i don't know if you've ever played the civil the game civilization but one of those ways you can do it is through winning the cultural war and it goes back to your first point of yeah you institute these things and what has china been been saying about like uh, Black Lives Matter and all these yeah. more leftist issues is we support the right of every uh, what was it Black American to, to seek justice and you have this hypocrisy which they're lying yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, let me yeah, well yeah. let me let me jump in for a second because the culture side is something that I'm pretty familiar with so <laughs> a lot of people didn't catch that. I, I posted about this a while back and people didn't catch it so. When Star Wars came out in 2015, when they rebooted and made like a whole new franchise, one of the biggest difference between the poster um, that was released here and the one that was released in China is that John Boyega, who is black, <laughs> um, yep. on the poster in China was basically invisible. Like if you're yep. if you're looking at it, I had a hard time finding him on the poster because they shrink him down. And and yep. this is kind of the thing that I'm only laughing because of the hypocrisy from the Democrats that people don't realize the crap that they're spewing, saying that they care so much about black lives and and, you know, men, women, whoever they want to say, 
Catholics, Christians. I, I don't care. I don't know. They actually I, well, don't. Yeah, and I don't know if, if I'm allowed to even really invoke the man, but like Malcolm X warned people about yep. the about liberals. Like it, it it's one of the it's probably one of the reasons why he's kind of been erased from history for the most part, other than a couple quotes that people uh misrepresent all the time. Um but this is this is constant, and this is one of those things that you know you you mentioned bringing this back around to um, sort of the original topic and why people need to understand what's going on over there and how that affects culture here. When Mulan came out, there's a credit in Mulan thanking the security team in the area where the Uyghur Muslims are yep. being held. Disney put yep. this in the credits of a movie that you yep. could rent for outrageous price, by the way, uh, on on their service. They, um, yep. you know, D- Disney does this stuff all the time. They're cr- like, you know, they're 100% in bed with China. And the thing that bothers me is that there are people who know about this, and this is kind of aimed at Republicans and conservatives, they know this stuff is going on, and yet the thing that finally got them pi- like pissed at Disney was the firing of a former MMA star. Yep. Not the atrocities happening in another country. Yep. Or the flag. The, yeah. And this is the thing: is like these. This stuff is awful. People should be speaking out. I mean, there are people speaking out on this. But when the president of the United States basically says, and and uh, we're not going to get, I don't, we're not going to get into the rest of what he did tonight because we're already at about two, we're almost at two hours. Um, yeah. But when the the president of the United States comes out and he's asked what he's going to do about the Uyghur Muslims, and he runs around the question and go basically says, I'm not going to do anything because there are cultural differences. Why is he our president? Is this like uh, this is an honest? Yeah, well, this it's an honest question, right? Like, what maybe you didn't know at the time that this was the kind of man that he was, right? It's possible. I'll give people the benefit of the doubt on that, but you know now, you have to know now, unless you've got your head in the sand, and. You're not talking. No, none of these people are talking about it. None of these people that, like, for a fact, none of the people I know that that voted for him have mentioned anything about him saying something like that. Listen, yeah, no, 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 no. They haven't mentioned anything about anything that he has or has not done, except for we'll be following, and they actually don't oh, follow. Or that minorities all this terrible stuff about Trump, <laughs> but yet not one thing about Biden. It's like, come yeah, on. well, he said that thing like, that, that pissed people off about minorities not knowing how to use the internet. <laughs> that will yeah. i'll probably play the clip Freaking. maybe next week but it, it's the like the only thing he said about it, no minorities. no <laughs> but this is that's the thing that's that's what made me that's what's ironic and then also at the same time hang on berlioz no sorry my cat's <laughs> trying to knock over something no <laughs> anyways uh that's what's so what I find ironic and funny is that there's this narrative, Trump's this racist, Trump's this bad person, and and all these different things, and then you literally go and vote for someone who actually has more credible evidence 
of being a racist, of being all these things that you yeah. say you hate. So I don't understand specifically as a Christian how you go from I'm not going to vote for Trump, so I'm going to vote for Biden. Instead of being like I'm going to either not vote or I'm going to vote for a third-party candidate or someone that more aligns with my ideals – Instead of using this tired of argument, well, I just need to vote for the lesser of two evils because of Trump's in, in office. He's a dictator and he's doing all these executive orders. When in reality, look at what, again, what Biden has done. And and, so, and you mentioned these cultural no norms. And it's like, <laughs> what are our norms as Americans, right? And I don't even know anymore, honestly. Uh, I don't, I don't, I know the people that I sort of cling to at this point. If that makes mm -hmm. sense, people I know and people I don't. Um, right. But that's the thing. Why is it, why is it that I had to use my stern voice? Sorry, <laughs> he's talking to his cat again. Um, why is it that uh, you know? It, it, I I guess like I I can't really like comprehend why you would see what's happening now, especially after that town hall. And yeah. you would go, no, stuff's still fine. It's all, nah, it'll be fine. Like, that's kind of the attitude. Um, uh, my opinion about it, and I do think I'm right about this, is that most people don't care about other people's problems unless it lands in their front yard. So... Yep. If you happen to look the same as a person who was gunned down by an officer, you're going to care more about that than you are about a group of innocent people being tortured and kept in camps in China. Yep. I'm not saying that you're wrong for the other thing. The problem is consistency. Oh, of course not. The problem is consistency. Yeah. And, and none of us are totally consistent on everything. That I was... Sorry, go ahead. You're good. No, I was going to say, that was the problem with LeBron James is that in the NBA is mm. that you have yeah. them coming out and, and being and making these statements as far as supporting Black Lives Matters and just the, the right of black people and the atrocities that have been committed to them in the past and, and wanting to write that. But yet, you know, an executive for the Houston Rockets comes out and says free Hong Kong and, and, and mentions all this horrific stuff that's going on with the Uyghurs. Right. And all of them, LeBron James, the executives, the NBA, what do they do? They bend the knee. That for me was a tipping point. That lets me know that, okay, yep. you don't actually care. Yep. You just care about yourself. You yep. just care about when it affects you. And it goes back to that. It's someone who, someone who truly cares, cares about everyone. Yeah. And, I'm not sitting here saying that America is the world's police, but when atrocities are being committed and genocide is being committed, it, it is time to take actions and grow up and do what needs to be done. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. And and I don't I don't even think it necessarily has to be like hot conflict. Right, exactly. I think that had had a uh, had Trump kept to like really if he had spoke clearly to the American people and 
had said, look, we're putting in these sanctions against China. We're doing like you need to understand about the things that they're doing. Yeah. Um, the, I think the problem is, is that he just was never the right person to be able to actually accomplish that. Um, a better version of Trump is Ron DeSantis in the sense of at least being able to intellectually say things. And I'm not yeah. saying in this huge academic ways, but very simple and just call things for what they are. Like Ron DeSantis understand things can expound and exposit a complex idea. I'm just, um, I'm just simple ideas. I know. I'm just not convinced that any of them really have the, uh, Oh, I'm not saying the, that, the, but the guts to do what needs to be done in that situation. Um, yeah, I mean, just think about if there's more than one way to do a war, and one of those ways is economically. Yeah, and if Trump's have been like, we're not doing any business at all with China. You can't have stock in China. You can't buy a freaking. Pin, uh, a uh, paperclip from China, nothing yeah, at all. The problem, We're shutting everything down. The problem and with because that because of what they're doing. The problem with that is that he would have put a lot of people out of business. Yep, you can't. Well, I mean, I'm not saying like right away. I'm just saying well, you, you can go about that in a wise way. Well, yeah. Well, you would have to bring manufacturing back to America, and and this is the thing is it's yep. why I am 100 percent for. I, I, I guess think he was trying later. to do that though. Well, he said he was. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Setting. And yeah. that's that's the problem with the government as a whole is that they want to force people into living a certain way. Um, unfortunately, where we are in the country right now, you hardly can get anything that's from China, right? Like if he had put those kind of right. if he had put those kind of sanctions in and said you can no longer own stock, you can no longer buy, you can no longer do anything from China, I would have lost my job. My entire the entire company that I work for would have gone under, and so it's not. It's one of those things that I feel a certain that lets you know how far China has come. To yes, exactly. So, what you need, yes, is smart people, but they need the government to get out of the way in order for them to do that, because right. the government the government doesn't like the government doesn't need to tell people how to run their business. They can't even. I mean, they can't even figure out how to take care of debt. You need private citizens to be able to come up with these ideas to make us, whether it's manufacturing, yep. whatever else comes forward. Um, if well, you, if the government well, wasn't around and people could decide for themselves how to take care of these things, who to work with, who not to work with, leave it up to them. Um, yep. Things could could definitely change. I mean, we we literally today. They put a robot on Mars again. The Americans yeah. did. So it's not beyond us to be able to take care of these things. And I don't, uh, to be fair, I don't know enough about like sanctions and a lot of these other things um, to know exactly how it will work out. Save. But the net positive of uh, the state, as in the government, getting out of the way, being gone completely, whatever the case may be is still better than what we have going on today because at least we wouldn't have the guy who's uh, supposedly the leader of the American people basically standing up there and saying, like, I'm okay with these torture camps because cultural differences. Right. At least that wouldn't be a thing. And, you know, there are movements that people are working on to be like, hey, like, if you want to reduce your footprint as far as, like, the things that you're, 
you're getting from China, or at least making sure that if you're getting stuff from China, it's coming from ethically sourced places. That exists. You can never, I don't think at this point in, in the world, you can really 100% get away from everything. Um, but it, you, but you got to speak out. Make an effort and yeah. start somewhere. And you know? it, it's That's one of those, what it's about. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. Think of it on this end. Like, you know, the slaves back in the 1800s was, were primary, in, in America were primarily used for cotton, right? Now imagine if, if, let's say all these other countries, they were against slavery and they said, no, we're not going to buy cotton anymore. Like economically, what does that do? Well, that puts the entire economic system out of whack here because that's what they're right. primarily used for. And so um, I think that's that's one means to, if the, if the people say, there's more than one way to speak and to convince politicians and your everyday person. And that's with your dollar and where your yes. dollar is, you know, a lot of times you'll find your heart and it's about working towards, okay, a, a way to not advance these atrocities going on in China. I, and so like you could sit here and say, well, America has done these atrocities. What about X, Y, and Z? I'm like, yeah, the difference is, is that America has stopped. I think one you of the, know, like yeah. we acknowledge our wrongs and we try to uh, reform them. People are trying. There are people out in America who are trying to fix things, and they're not just focusing on people's skin color in order to do that. I, right, I, again, exactly. I, I, going back to the Mises Caucus, I think they're they're one of the groups that actually is, they're a political group that actually understands what liberty is, and they're trying to convince people of every background. Um, that liberty is the best thing for the people. They're not yep. trying to make some goofy, cringe uh, patriot party. They're not trying to like do all these like weird things. They're they're looking at the steps that need to be taken to return liberty to the individual, and that's the direction they're trying right. to move in. And I think that if yeah. that was the case, and, and here here I was just thinking about this, the way that you start to enact change in China and unfortunately I think one of the only ways it's going to happen is potentially the citizens in that country doing something different like there's a billion of them and so if they ever kind of figured out that they could make massive change over there it could just happen um, it's one of the yep. reasons I think you saw the whole Hong Kong thing getting pushed back in America from people and it not getting the support that it needed is because you were starting to see people rise up and it was starting to scare the government. Um, yep. It's like that quote from uh, V for Vendetta. It's like uh, the people shouldn't fear their government. The government should fear its people. Yep. Um, and I think that's, that's the case. And I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily someone who's, I, I never want to push for violence as like the, the answer to a situation. Right. But the question yeah. the question does have to be asked to some degree. It's like at at what point at, at what point does it become the necessary solution for a group of people that are in yeah garbage well, living at that conditions? Point it comes, there there's a difference in initiating violence versus defending yourself. I think it comes back down to that. At what point is it? I think defending the China, yourself yeah. from the government. I think the Chinese you know, people are already at that in point. China, yeah. That's exactly what it is. And I, you just have a, a coward 
not just a coward, but multiple cowards in our government refusing to enact basic, extend basic rights to people and do the right thing. Yeah. Again, and, it, it but comes you back can't to, expect anything different when they're not even doing it to their own people. Yeah. It comes back to that, that whole thing with, uh, Biden in that one segment where it's like the dude couldn't even keep his promise about keeping his own people in line and doing the right thing when someone was yep. was threatening um, another person. Yep. <clears throat> Using his position and his power to threaten another another person. He couldn't even fire the person. So it's like, why why would anyone expect him to be why why would BLM expect him to do anything? Why would yeah. immigrants ever expect him to actually get anything done? The the question that yeah. people have to start asking themselves across the board with politics is like, what do they get out of it? Like what's Biden gonna get yeah. out of, of certain things? Because it's really the only reason he's ever gonna do anything. Yeah, Mosh Torre posted earlier, he said, uh, don't trust people who trust the government not that they're evil it's just that they're ignorant yeah uh, to that something to that extent and i think and he's i think he's right I yeah think it that, just goes blindly following a political ideology or any other ideology just because that's how you're raised or whatnot or it makes you feel good without questioning it and researching and researching the people it's that's why i don't affiliate with democrat republican libertarian green party any party I have different values I go off of, but the reason why is because you can become uh, entrenched in your tribe instead of trying yeah. to find things objectively and being like, okay, I support this person who's a Democrat, such as Tulsi Gabbard. I support this person who's uh, a libertarian or yeah, libertarian masquerading as a Republican, such as Rand Paul <laughs> and Thomas Massey. Um, you know, support this libertarian, Justin Amish, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important to not just listen to the words of politicians, but their actions and what policies are they promoting? What are they doing? What does that show? Does it line up with what they're saying? Are they consistent? Have they lied? And, and if, you know, yeah. And that whole, that whole town hall was Biden getting asked questions about things that he promised on the campaign trail and him basically going, no, I'm not doing that. Or, yep, yeah, that's, I mean, it's pretty much it. None of them. Mm -hmm. At least Trump kept his freaking promises. Or at like least most tried. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things. Or he, like, again, I, attempted to. You just, you have to ask people. It's like, is this really what, like, it, it's funny. Like, Hotep Jesus puts it like this, but he's like, when a president comes in, he's like, I have very low expectations that they're ever going to get anything done. And then yeah. the, the question really should be asked is it's like, Okay, if that's if that's a case and that's really true for any of them across the board, yeah. um, why do we need them? Yeah, and it's a sad day when you have to say something like Trump kept or tried to keep most of his promises because yeah. that's not saying that Trump is a shining good president and and, and all that. No, that's that's an indictment. That's not an yeah. an, an encouragement. Exactly. You know. All right, man. Well, I think we're gonna end it there. Um, Let's do it. I don't even know the best way to, to to close out really but uh thank you guys for listening um i know the best way to close out if, i'm just kidding <laughs> if you're uh if you're listening to this on um a, a podcast format whatever that ca the case may be uh all the links and a lot of the things that you'll need will be down in uh, the show notes um if you're watching this on youtube uh we'll have the all, all the same stuff down there and we'll we'll have clips that we're going to be putting out uh from the show the plan is to do this every Thursday. Obviously, we're going to yep. be working on the format 
uh, a little bit, and I'm gonna try to figure out how to deal with this camera situa situation for YouTube, so stop zooming in and out every time I move. <laughs> um, if you guys have questions, comments, whatever the case may be, uh, let us know. You can comment on the YouTube videos. You can, uh, I'll put an email address for us in, uh, in the, the show notes and on YouTube as well. Um, all yep. of that, that information is there. So if you have questions, if you want us to talk about a subject, if there's something that you're curious about, um, we're m more than willing, uh, to answer those questions. Um, other than that, uh, thank you guys. And, uh, we'll, uh, be back next week. Bye-bye.